0: Welcome back to Forgotten Events, I'm your host Katie. Our story today is about a young girl discovered in the desert, and to this day, even with DNA testing, she remains unidentified. This is the story of Little Miss Nobody. Little Miss Nobody is the name given to a young girl whose body was found in Congress, Arizona, on July 31st in 1960. It appeared that she had been killed within two weeks of being discovered. It's always been considered a homicide. However, the advanced decomposition of her body resulted in not being able to tell how she died. To this day, her identity remains unidentified. No family, friends ever came forward to claim her. In 2018, a facial reconstruction was released to the public, but no one claimed her. Her partially buried body was found in Sandwash Creek bed on Old Alamo Road. She was discovered by a Las Vegas school teacher named Russell Allen. He had been searching for rocks to decorate his garden, and personally, I cannot imagine that feeling of finding a buried body, but especially that of a child and being discovered by a school teacher. It was observed at the scene that the individual or individuals responsible for her burial had possibly made two separate attempts to dig an alternate grave. And I think the investigators determined this after finding another area, maybe two, where they tried to dig a hole. The girl's body was dressed in white shorts and a checkered blouse with a distinctive chain pattern, along with a pair of adult rubber thong sandals that had been cut to fit the child's feet and then fastened with leather straps. The child's toes and fingernails had been painted a bright red color. The forensic pathologist who performed the autopsy determined that the body was that of a white girl most likely between the ages of five and seven years old. She was three feet six inches to four feet five inches in height and most likely weighing 50 to 60 pounds at the time of her death. But later examination of the child indicates she may have been as old as nine or as young as two at the time of her death. The child had been dead for between one to two weeks, and her hair color was actually brown, but it had been tinted or dyed an auburn color. Now, she had a full set of intact teeth described as being in good condition. But I will say, although the actual race of the child has since been described as indeterminable, The highest likelihood of her age at the time of her death has now been determined to be three to six years old. The actual cause of death of the child was never determined by the medical examiners, although her death was officially declared to be a homicide. Furthermore, the contemporary report of the child's autopsy states that her remains were charred, presumably from her body being set on fire at the time of her death. Although unable to determine the actual cause of death, the forensic pathologist was able to definitively state the child had not suffered any bone fractures either at the time of her death or in her lifetime. An all points bulletin was initially broadcast across sheriff radio and teletype networks following the discovery of the child's body. And Yavapai, I hope I'm saying that right, County Sheriff Jim Kramer. Deputy County Attorney George Ireland and other local law enforcement personnel later traveled hundreds of miles in radius via both air and land in their efforts to discover her identity. People previously convicted of various offenses involving young children were subject to prolonged interrogations, and the Sheriff's Office also received dozens of letters, telephone calls, telegrams, in response to the public's appeal for information in their efforts to discover the child's identity. It was clear that she was not on a list of missing children. By August of 1960, investigators began to suspect the remains may have been those of a four-year-old girl named Sharon Lee Galagos. Sharon had been abducted in New Mexico ten days before the discovery of this child's body. And despite the fact that the clothing that the victim wore was inconsistent with what Galagos was wearing at the time she went missing, they could not eliminate Galagos as being the decedent due to this fact only. As the clothing could have easily been changed in the intervening week. So Galagos could have gone missing wearing a pink top and found wearing a white top. However, police later released a statement that they believed the unidentified child was clearly older than Galagos. Police sent the clothing knife and footprints found with or near the child's body to an FBI laboratory to undergo further examination. Initial speculation was that the child was a member of a family of transients, also from New Mexico. Police also subjected Lester Davidson and two of his four children to over an hour of questioning. See Davidson and his children were known to have been hitchhiking near Prescott in late July of 1960. This questioning concluded that the family likely had no connection to either the unidentified child or that of Sharon Gallegos, And on August 8th in 1961, Sheriff Kramer led a party of law enforcement officers and a camera crew to film the location where the child's body had been found. And later that afternoon, Sheriff Kramer and County Attorney George Ireland presented evidence, which included the adult-sized rubber sandals, which had been cut to fit the child's feet, to the media. And Sheriff Kramer said, quote, Somewhere there is someone who has the answer that we have been looking for. Maybe this will be the thing that will bring that person forward. End quote. The footage of this scene and the interview with Sheriff Kramer was later broadcast on television, of course, in the hopes that a fresh lead would help to identify who this child was, but the program brought no significant new information at all despite the numerous and extensive local and national efforts put forward to identify this little girl, all efforts to either identify her or trace any of her relatives completely failed. And it's so hard for me to believe that a child comes into this world and there's no trace of who she is even today with our technology she cannot be identified. Just so sad. I guess the good news in this is that there was a funeral, and the funeral of this unidentified child was on August 10th in 1960. She was laid to rest in Mountain View Cemetery with funds raised to provide a dignified burial burial. This was spearheaded, by the way, by local radio announcer Dave Paladin. In interviews, Paladin stated his primary motivation was that he found the thought of a little girl buried in Boot Hill just insufferable, insisting that the child receive a decent Christian burial. Prior to her funeral, the child had become known within and around the county as Little Miss Nobody. The funeral service was conducted at the Congregational Church in Prescott, Arizona, and was officiated by Dr. Charles Franklin Parker. At this service, a placard was placed upon Little Miss Nobody's pale blue casket with the inscription reading, God's Little Child, Date of Birth Unknown, Date of Death Unknown. Her headstone is inscribed with a section of a quote from St. Matthew, which reads, Blessed are the pure in heart, and I find that so appropriate. During the eulogy at the funeral, Dr. Parker recited a poem entitled For a Little Girl Unknown before addressing those in attendance with a speech in which he stated, quote, Here is a little wanderer who has been in our midst. We don't know her name, we can only guess her age. It occurs to me. We may not know, but God knows. There are no unknowns, no orphans in God's world. She doesn't need a name today. She has the name of an angel somewhere in eternity. We may never know the whys and wherefores, but somewhere, someone is going to be watching the paper to learn what happened to a little girl left in the desert. If there has been a misdeed, probably a disquieted conscience will go on and on, End quote. Due to recent advances in technology and DNA profiling, a decision was made to exhume the body of Little Miss Nobody and obtain DNA samples, and that was made in 2018 the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children offered to pay for the exhumation and required testing. Samples of the girl's DNA were successfully obtained from her body and then entered into both the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children databases. This was for comparison with nationwide unsolved murders and missing persons reports. Furthermore, the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification also created a detailed forensic facial reconstruction of the girl depicting how she may have appeared during her life. And after that, her body was reburied at Mountain View Cemetery. Unfortunately, in researching this story, I discovered that there just isn't any update And I find it so hard to believe that this human existed, but there isn't any connection between her and another human being. Even with today's DNA testing, we are all in this connecting with our long lost relatives world today. And this one can't be connected. She's not connected to a third or fourth cousin she's not connected to someone from the 18th century. It's just so hard for me to believe that we're all doing this DNA testing and we find thousands of people that we connect with through our DNA, yet not one person is connected to this beautiful little girl. Not one. Thank you for listening to Forgotten Events today. Stay tuned for more of our stories.